very, hopefully, appropriate portion. Psalms chapter 90. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? Thank you for your giving. We didn't thank you earlier. Psalms 90. The prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. A score, of course, is twenty, so he's saying seventy years. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And then one portion of the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 7. But this I say, brethren... The time is short. That's all I want from there. This I say, brethren, the time is short. I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Lord on the time is short. The time is short. Let us pray. Brother Anthony, would you please pray over our message of messenger? Amen, amen. You may be seated. This is an interesting thought. Time is short. Time is short. The Greek word, stylos, it means drawing to an end. And yet we know we live in eternity. So we have these two different periods of time. We live with time. We live in time, and time is set in eternity. And so when we think about our time being short, we're speaking about our time on this earth, in this life. Our time as a dressing room for forever. It is short. Life is fleeting. Years ago, 
we took, uh, we were at Washington, Graham Washington. I can't remember what it was, whether it was a conference or we were preaching there. But there was a, a time during that time frame, we were able to take William to a carousel. He was a young fellow at the time, maybe five or six years old. And as he was on one of those horses spinning around in the circle, we snatched a picture. And it worked out to where his face, as he was looking at us, was frozen. Somehow the camera grabbed it. But everything behind was blurred. And I was showing it, it just came out, you know, one of those weird pictures. It just came out perfect. And I was showing it to a preacher friend. He said, man, look at that. That's just a, a picture of life. It just speaks of time being fleeting. And it is. James describes time as a vapor that appears for a while and vanishes away. Moses described it as a tale that is told, a story. But in every story, there comes a last page. He described it as a sleep, which I thought was interesting because we use that term sometimes for kids, don't we? When they don't quite understand you know, how many weeks and months until their birthday or to a special day, sometimes you hear a parent saying, well, you've got five more sleeps and then your day will be here. Moses described our life as a sleep. You go to bed, you wake up, it's that quick. And yet, we all know the feeling, and we've all shared this, where you're involved in something that seems to be going slow. You say something like this, man, time is dragging by. Or when you're involved in something that you really enjoy and you wish that you had more daylight or more summer or more spring, and you say, man, time is flying. You wish you had more time. But let nobody mistake the reality of the matter. We're all given 24 hours a day. Anybody that tells you they're saving time, they're just fooling you. You can't put it in the box to pull out later. You can't save a few minutes in your wallet so that you can use it at the end of the day. It just doesn't work that way, does it? None of us will ever be able to find some extra time or save time. We must recognize the brevity of life. And that's why Moses, as he wrote, he said, our days are as a tale told or as a sleep in the night. Another portion of Scripture, he describes our days as a shadow that fleeth away. And sometimes you see the shadow in bright contrast at the evening hours when the sun is still up. But eventually as the sun fades, the shadow, the, the lines are not clear anymore and then it's gone. And he said our life is just like that. It's fleeting. It's here for a moment, and then it's gone. And so Moses summed it up with this. His desire was, God, teach me to number my days. Teach me. And he did not mean to, to count the days. Like what one man said, don't count the days, but make the days count. But he did not mean to, to count them like that, but he meant to, to understand that we are given a brief period of time. And if we can remember we have a brief period of time, we'll be sure to pack into that brief period of time the things that we're supposed to. 
If you're given a, a bowl and you have to have ingredients in the bowl, you want to make sure that you get the ingredients that are supposed to be in that bowl first. Now, after you got everything in, you got plenty of, uh, plenty of room, then you might sprinkle some cinnamon in or add a little touch of paprika or whatever it is that you're adding to. But first, you have to make sure that the things that need to be in there, the flour and the eggs and whatever it is, they got to be in there first. Because otherwise, if you add three or four cups of paprika and four or five cups of, of cinnamon, you won't have room to put the things in that you really need to be in there. And so when Moses was saying, God, teach us to number our days, when, when Paul was writing in 1 Corinthians and he said, listen, the time is short. He, didn't, he, he was not unaware that we're all given 24 hours in a day. He was not uh, saying that uh, somehow the time uh, element was shifted. He was wanting us to understand we've got a limited amount of time with the understanding that if we get it in our mind that we'll do something with the time we have. That will make the weeks and the days and, and the hours that we have, will make them count. Time is short. It's short for you. It's short for me. We don't know how much longer we have. Though the Bible said we're given three score years plus ten, seventy years, we know that's not a guarantee. A general outline of life. Many people live about that time, but we're not guaranteed that. And if you knew that today was your last day, how would you live it? If you knew that this was your last week, how would you live it? Would you back, go back and make things right that are wrong? Would you try to patch up relationships? Or maybe you, as a Christian, understand I've only got a brief amount of time. And, and when I stand before God, I want to have done something for him. Maybe you'd go out with a fresh boldness and, and talk to people about Christ and, and reach out to them and let them know. Time is short. We've got to get ready. We were listening to a preacher today and he mentioned that there was a day years ago when he was in Dallas, Texas and he would have a radio show in the morning, 6 to 6.30, something like that. But whenever he was out of town, he would record a, uh, a sermon and he would take it down to them so that they could play it when he was going to be out of town. And where they actually had to drop it off was in a very posh hotel there in Dallas. And the radio station was up on the, the 12th, 11th or 12th floor up there, 11th floor, I think. And he said that... At the time, they didn't have, the elevators were different. They had an elevator operator. And there was a young girl that was in there. And when he got on, she was all starry-eyed and, and was saying, he kissed me. He kissed me. And then he began to inquire, what's going on? She said, you don't understand. Elvis got on the elevator. And uh, we took him up to the seventh floor. And when he got off, he came and he, and he kissed me. And she was just, in, you know, just Whacked out because she had been kissed by the, the guy at the time that was the king of rock and roll. When he got to the 11th floor and he turned the tape in and he got back on, the, the, the actual elevator stopped at the 7th floor. And who got back on but Elvis Presley. And the preacher took the opportunity to begin to speak to him. 
And he said, Mr. Presley, do you know that if you died right now, where you'd spend eternity? And he said, well, yes, I do. And he said, uh, when I was a young boy, my mother, my, I think it was his mother, maybe his grandmother, I can't recall now, took me to a, a church, and, and I came to the altar, and I gave my heart to God. And, and then the preacher went on to say, well, let me ask you a question. If you know God's real, then why are you living the way that you're living? And he said, I got tired of living as a slave to all the rules. Don't do this and don't do that. And he said, look at this suit. He was wearing, from what the man said, a really fine satin greenish suit. I can't imagine a green suit satin that looked really nice. But anyhow, I guess in time it did. He said, look at this. He said, look at it compared to yours. He reached into his pocket, the preacher said, and he pulled out a, a wad of money. He said, the preacher said, I've never seen that much money before. He said, let me see yours. And the preacher reached into his wallet. He just had a few dollars in there. And he said, I'm getting ready to go downstairs, and I'm going to get into this chauffeur-driven limousine waiting for me. He said in so many words, that was the life. But, of course, we know later on, as the preacher was saying, that he died. I died, and some say it was a suicide and drug involved, however it was. But this much we know, he died a slave, a slave to sin. And so on the one hand where he's saying, I wanted to get out of this slavery of Christianity and all the rules and so on and so forth. And yet we found that he became a greater slave to the things in sin than he was in Christianity. Here's what you got to understand. We're not living just for time. Time is short. That's true. It's short for all of us. We don't know how much time we have. Maybe by the end of this week, one of us will be standing before God. It could be. We know that one day, sooner or later, all of us are going to stand before God. In the scope of eternity, if we're given 10 years or 20 years or 50 years, however that is, it's short compared to forever. And so God is telling us, and Moses was writing, a, writing saying, God, help me to remember, I've only got limited time, therefore I cannot squander my time. I cannot waste my time. I've got to use my days for good. I've got to use my days for what will bring glory to God. I've got to understand that my time is short. I really was blessed by Pastor Olson's message, What Have You Done For Me Lately? A good reminder that no matter what in the past we've done, we've got to keep that relationship current. We've got to make sure... Not that we're earning our righteousness, we're not. But God's been so good to us, we don't want to take his grace and, and squander his grace and his goodness upon ourselves only. Whether reading or listening to the scriptures recently, this, the phrase came up, the deceitfulness of riches. And I thought about that. Man, that is so true. Because people think that if you have some money then all your problems will be solved. If you have some money, then that's the, the height of, of happiness and the height of fulfillment, but that's deceitful. What are you going to use it for when you die? A gold-encrusted coffin? The preacher went on to say that Elvis, in that time frame, as he witnessed to him, held up his hand, showed him the ring, and said, look at that diamond. 
But then the preacher went on to say, if he's wearing it now, it's crossed his chest. It's on a lifeless finger. What a, what a way to live your life. To squander it on self, knowing our time is short. We have a brief time to live our life for our chance to do something. Even Jesus. Jesus was God. Jesus created the world. But listen to what he said in the book of John, chapter 9, verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me wild as day. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus himself was limited by, by time while he was on this earth. He only had so many days. He only had so much time to do what he could. That's why we find him constantly on the move, preaching and teaching and healing and reaching out to people. He did so much in the three years of his ministry because he understood the night's coming. But guess what? It's coming for you and for me. Now I hope that in the latter years of your life you retain your strength your mental ability. I hope in the latter years of your life you have the same agility and the uh, ability to, to think and speak and do something for God. But it's not uncommon for people as they age for their body to slow them down. It's not uncommon for them not to be able to do what they once did. And you wonder, did they use their youth, their health, their abilities for God while they could? You see, time is short for you and for me. Time is short for our chance to do something. Time is short for sinners to be saved. How many opportunities will we have to speak up and reach out to somebody? This Saturday, one more time, we'll be soul winning. The weather holds out, we'll be knocking on doors. We've already got some maps. We've already got some things put together. Reverend had it put together some weeks ago. Why would we be going out there? Because time is short. And some of those people may not have another week, another month. And some of them don't know God. And some of them are looking for an opportunity. They're looking for someone to care. More than one person I've come across, have asked me the question, does anybody care? When we go soul winning, we show God, I care about your work. Uh, I, we show the, the world, we care about them. Uh, we'll take our time and we'll knock on some doors and, and we'll invite them out to church and we'll speak to them about Christ and we'll let them know you don't have to end up uh, lost uh, and uh, away from God in an eternity in the lake of fire. There's something better than what you've got right now. There's a God that loves you so much he died for you. Time is short. Jesus recognized that. Even Satan, in the book of Revelation, chapter 12 and verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the, of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And so his anger and his fury was going to be unleashed because he was going to do all the evil he could in the short time he had. 
And then you sometimes wonder why we sit on our hands knowing that we've got a short time. Shouldn't we be moved with the, an, an, a proportionate amount of love? If the enemy is out to destroy, shouldn't we be out there to build? Shouldn't we be out there? If he's out there to hate, shouldn't we be out there to love? Time is short. And so, I'm done. My purpose is to remind you, to remind me. We don't know how much time we have. When we stand before God, we don't want to stand shrugging our shoulders saying, God, I didn't know that my time was going to come so quickly. I didn't understand. I only had a few more days or weeks or months or years. If I would have known, I would have done something. And we, we become enslaved by worried about what people will say about us or worried about how people think about us. And so we don't open up our mouth to speak to them about Christ. And, and I, I've prayed, God, let me be courageous. Let me be bold. Let me open my mouth. Let me tell somebody. Let me reach out. Because it's not about just adding a number to a church. It's about seeing people who, if they do not get saved, will end up in hell in the lake of fire. It's about recognizing the fact, I've only got so many days, let me use them for a greater purpose than just myself. Let me do something for the kingdom. The king, Elvis, he's dead. But there's a greater king, he's still alive. And I want to do something for him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, we understand. Our time is short. And yet, so often, we allow frivolous things to rob us of our life. God, help us not to waste our life, but help us to use it for your kingdom, for your glory. God, if there's somebody, somebody tonight that hasn't yet fully surrendered to you, God, I pray right now that you would reach out to them, that this night, this moment, they would say, God, I surrender all. God, if there are Christians here that have yet to fully consecrate their lives for your kingdom, let tonight be the night they say, Lord, I give you me. Father, I thank you for each one. I pray now, speak to us in this altar call, and we give you thanks, we give you praise, in Jesus' name.